0: You're listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at South Christ Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. I mean, y'all were sounding good on that last song. Y'all were, y'all, that was awesome. That was good stuff. I mean, this team always sounds good, but y'all were singing good is what I'm saying. Like, y'all with me? Hey, turn to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. We're continuing our series, the book and... Um, Gonna be in Second Corinthians chapter one this morning. So we're gonna turn there if you've got that. And I'm looking forward to studying this passage with you this morning. I mention this occasionally just because it's a family favorite for Lauren and I. But uh, many of you have been up to Paladar Canyon before. Kind Can of get a show of hands if you've been to Paladar Canyon before. Yeah, a lot of folks. So if you haven't been, you should go. Clearly, it's a pretty cool place. Um, it's the Grander Canyon, as we like to call it, and. It's, it's funny, uh, actually, I'll just do a po- poll quick, real quick, because it's okay to talk in church. Um, what, what do you think is the most popular trail to hike at Palo Dura Canyon? Lighthouse. Yeah, I heard a few different things, but most of I would say the lighthouse, like when you drive down into the canyon um, and you're, you're dri- driving by the different trailheads, typically the lighthouse trail, there are, there are a ton of vehicles there. There really are because it's, just, it's very popular. And it makes sense. Like it's a, it's a pretty cool hike. And then to me, the best part is when you get, and i know some friends recently went, didn't actually get to do the best part, but you get to the end of the trail before you turn around and you go up and actually get on the lighthouse. And is anybody brave enough to actually, you know, you walk up the really steep part and then it's flat and you walk up the steep part again. And then you can like do a pull up to the very, very top. Anyone brave enough to do that? all college students. Way to go. Okay, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. I was tempted, but then I was like, I love my wife and kids. I don't want to die. And so I haven't quite done that yet. Um, Super popular trail. But it's interesting, as much uh, of the headlines as the Lighthouse Trail gets, there are some other beautiful trails. There really are. Lauren actually took uh, our our toddlers um, last weekend. And I wouldn't really call it hiking, but we we walked around, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we walked around at Paladar, and we we actually did what was called the Sunflower Trail. It's really manly. It's really tough, not, not really. The Sunflower Trail is is perfectly flat, but I, I could not believe we've actually we've actually done it before a long time ago. But I could not believe how beautiful it was. There was a creek running alongside most of it. And because of all the rain we've had, there was actually running water. Like it was amazing. Now it was not the kind of water that like when you're in Colorado, you dip your, your Nalgene down in and put some iodine in. Like it would look like mud. So you weren't going to drink it, but it was still it was still beautiful. It was fun to hear the, the running water. There were trees canoping a very large portion of the trail. And the way it was situated on one side of the canyon, when you looked over you could almost feel like you were in the mountains. It really was. It, it, was, it was amazing. And I got to thinking about how the lighthouse trail, it's, it's amazing, it's good. It makes sense, it gets all the headlines, but there's so many other trails at Palo Duro Canyon that are amazing, but we just often overlook. And it, it, what got me thinking is how, that's kind of how passages in the, in, the Bible are. What I mean by that is there's some passages that I think we're super familiar with and and for right reason. Like, man, they, they they stir our affection for Jesus. They teach us about who God is. They help us understand how he's created us, all those things. They help us live life for him. But there's other passages that for some reason, I feel like they're overlooked often, certainly for for me. And then when you journey down that trail or or down that passage, you could say, I feel like often it's like, man, God opens up your eyes to the beauty of who he is and maybe ways that you've forgotten about because it's kind of a forgotten trail. Does that make sense? I really believe, or at least may feel like is a better word, that that's true with the passage we're studying this morning. As I was uh, picked a passage and was looking at it, I felt like I was kind of, man, how come I've, I've kind of been ignorant of this passage so much in my life? We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3 in a second. And some of you may, may, this may be like your life verse that you cling to. And if that is, way to go, way to know about the trail before me, okay? Um, But man, I think for a lot of us, I I think it's probable that this is going to be a really refreshing, encouraging word that we're going to find ourselves coming back to because of what's on this trail, so to speak, that maybe we've been missing. So with that said, we're going to dive in in chapter 1 verse three of 2 Corinthians. We're gonna read just a little bit and then we'll pause. Paul begins, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction. We're gonna have two point sermon. Here's the first one, really simple. Our God is the God of all comfort in all our pain. Our God is the God of all comfort in all our pain. If we put that on a screen for them, that'd be awesome just to help them out a little bit. Our God is the God of all comfort in all our pain. Here's what I want you to see as we kind of dissect this truth here. Comfort doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's always context to comfort. And the context, Paul's saying that comfort comes in is what? Affliction, pain. So we need comfort because we experience affliction, because we experience pain. Affliction is anything that is causing you distress or pain or, or to be uneasy. It, it's when your soul is troubled. I love this. I, I think we have a tendency, I know I do, to want to like maybe um, over-spiritualize or over-contextualize what, what Paul or whoever the author is saying. But he says it really clear. He comforts us in all our affliction so he's not just While it certainly includes he's not just talking about the affliction that comes when you live for Christ and share the gospel and you may get persecuted he says literally all our affliction how much of our affliction all of it every kind of pain you can imagine he he, he's going to comfort you in that affliction so what are some afflictions I I could it'd be a fun game to let you tell me and raise your hand actually no one wants to do that And for some of you right now, this morning, the, the affliction, the, the, the context that you're in and the pain you're experiencing is loss. The loss of a loved one. Maybe it's not that you've lost them yet, but the loss is coming. And sometimes isn't the anticipation of loss worse than the loss sometimes? Like knowing it's coming? Maybe some of you, it's, it's struggle, repeated struggle with a sin. And you're overwhelmed by the, by the burden and the, and the difficulty of, of trying to fight that sin. It's, it's like affliction. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's just failure. Maybe for some of you, it's the loss of a job. Maybe for some of you, the affliction, the, the pain that you feel in your gut and your soul is just loneliness. You just feel flat out alone. Worry? Paul says, he's the God of all comfort in all all our affliction in every single bit of it so the context is affliction what does he do in that affliction that pain he comforts what, is, what does it mean to comfort It's to come alongside and to to ease the pain to ease the trouble to, to, to bear that burden to, to lighten the load to, to comfort here's what's really cool notice it doesn't say that he's the god Well, let me phrase it this way. God does deliver us sometimes, but it doesn't say he's the God of all deliverance and all our affliction. What it doesn't say is every time you have pain, every time you have affliction, God's just gonna pull you out of there and take you to a better place. That's not what it says. He's the God of all comfort in all our affliction. What does that mean? That means that wherever the wound is, that's where God wants to work. God moves toward the mess. He doesn't just say, you know what? Like, that's difficult. Let me get you out of there. He says, no, I see you in pain. I see you struggling. I see that affliction. And he moves towards it and wants to heal. He wants to comfort. He meets us right where the wound is. God, Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction. You know what's cool here? We often in church talk a lot about facts, about knowing things, right? Often you go to Sunday school, you're learning all these things. It's a good thing. It's good to learn truth to stand on. But notice in this passage, God doesn't just care about facts. He cares about how you feel. Now, not like he, he cares about how you feel. He doesn't want to hurt your feelings. No, but he cares how you feel and that he hates to see you in pain and he wants to comfort you. His heart's desire is to comfort. Notice one more thing here. says he is the God of all comfort and it says he comforts us in our affliction so he does comfort us it's what he does but it's not just what he does it's who he is you see that he's the God of all comfort so not just that he does comfort he is comfort it's his nature so it's not he's just like ah. Burn and suffering down there, I guess. It's somebody going down there and help him. Send an angel, right? No, it, it's nature. It's just his heart beats to comfort, to meet you where you're struggling, where the pain is, to where, meet you where you're hurting, because that's who he is. He's the God of all comfort in all our pain. I, I think to, uh, to about the word, all comfort. So it's an ever-present kind of comfort, for every situation. And it's a comfort of every kind. So there's no affliction, no pain, again, all affliction, there's no affliction, no pain that he can't comfort you in because he's the God of all comfort, ever present of every kind, whatever you're facing, he's got what you need. <laughs> this sounds maybe kind of funny, but I thought about like in our, in our office, we have a, uh, you probably have it in your office too, like a Somebody help me. Like, like, not a safety kit, but on the wall, there's all the medicine and the Band-Aids. First aid kit. Thank you. Way to go, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's got, she's always got my back. I appreciate it. So I sit on the front. I pair this on the front so she can help me when I struggle. Not really. <laughs> um, we have a first aid kit there and there's seriously like almost everything you can imagine. No, not like for military. Like you would be in trouble if you got shot. Okay. But like for the, for the, for the average office, whoa, <laughs> we got you. Okay. Like it's full of stuff. Uh, it's kind of a similar idea of like whatever you could come to God with, whatever affliction, whatever your all affliction, all pain is, he's the God of all comfort. So there's no, no situation you're going to be like, God, I'm just really struggling here. Can you help me? And he like, mm, actually, I don't have anything for that. I'm sorry. No, he's always got the comfort that your soul needs because he is the God of all comfort. Think about a lot of uh, outdoor metaphors this morning. Sorry, it's summertime, so it's where my brain goes. (laughs) Thinking about being on a hike again, often we think of comfort as a a destination, a place, or or something that we wish we had to comfort us as, as we hike, like a possession. So meaning if you've been on a hike and you're thinking, oh, if we just had more water, right? Or maybe you're thinking, like I felt this way in the lighthouse trail before. We'll just stick with Paladura this morning. I've felt that way before because most of the lighthouse trail is, is especially in the middle of the summer, it's just hot, there's no shade and uh, it's pretty, but the best part is at the end. So you kind of feel like if we can just make it there, then then we'll be okay. Like then it'll be beautiful and it'll be encouraging, it'll be great. We often feel that way with comfort, meaning if I can just get to a circumstance then I'll be okay. Y'all with me? Or if I just had this thing, that's why we talk about comfort food, right? Like when you're sad and, and afflicted, you go to Cracker Barrel and get some chicken and dumplings. Anybody? Okay. Or like some queso. Mmm. come on now. Or if you're Garrett Gregory, you call it cheese dip, weirdo. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go get some cheese dip, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we typically try to find comfort in, in this place or, or something that we can get. And so I think we visualize our Christian journey as we're going through all these ups and downs and struggles, we're on, we're on this hike, so to speak, and we feel like, God, man, God, if you can just get me to this different circumstance, if you can deliver me out of the situation, if we can just get to wherever you're taking me, God, then I'll feel better, then I'll be comforted. Or, or God, as you're journeying, if you could just provide me with this thing, if I had more money, if I had a different relationship or if I had a different job, God, then, then I would feel comforted. Then I would feel better. I think what God is telling us in the scripture, as we're hiking along and journeying along in our walk with God, he's saying, I'm the God of all comfort. So as long as you're with me, you have comfort. (laughs) Comfort is available because comfort is not a possession. It's not a place. It's a person the God of all comfort. You don't need to get to a new destination. You don't need to get a new thing. You need to get closer to your father because he is the God of all comfort. So no matter where your journey takes you, no matter where your hike takes you in this life, the valleys, the mountaintops, hiding in a rock or in a cave because you're scared, if you're walking with God, comfort is right there where you're at. I don't know where you're at this morning, what your affliction is, what your pain is, but I know that in all of it, the God of all comfort is able to comfort you. Isn't that cool? That's why Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul can't help but praise. Man, God, you're, you're so good that you comfort in every situation. You, you have the ability to comfort God. I want to praise you. Our God is the God of all comfort in all our pain. But there's another really cool thing in this text that leads Paul to praise. Let's check it out. I'm gonna start in verse three again, just because. it's So good. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction. So here's where we're gonna get into our new section. So that, so he comforts us in all our affliction so that, there's a purpose, we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's so cool. I'm gonna put this second point on the screen. Our God always has a gives purpose to our pain that leads Paul to praise God again. God always gives purpose to our pain. So remember, comfort happens in context. So the context is pain, affliction. And what is leading Paul to praise God here is Paul sees that in whatever pain or affliction we experience, God, as we walk with him, he brings us comfort and so, God has a purpose for that pain and affliction, because when he gives us the comfort, then we are to give that comfort to those around us who need that comfort. So what it means is your pain is never pointless. It's never like, well, there's no reason for this. This is meaningless. No, God always has a purpose. He always has a bigger plan. Amen. He has a purpose for your pain. And it's to so you experience pain, he's gonna give you comfort and then a bigger, deeper picture there is that he says, okay, now take that comfort that you've received and go give it to those who are hurting as well. Pass along the comfort. And then he kind of gives some example. And I do wanna point out, he says, in any kind of affliction, affliction, so whatever affliction, pain, difficulty, distress you can imagine, that's where this is appropriate to pass on that comfort. But then he gives some kind of contextual specific Situation between him and the Corinthians that also applies to us as far as the meaning of it. So he says, verse five, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ, our comfort overflows. So he's telling the Corinthian church that as he and Timothy and really the the, the Corinthians as well, as they follow Jesus and live for him, just as Christ suffered, as we follow him, those sufferings kind of overflow to us. You caught that? So as we follow, it's kind of like a, being in the wake of a boat. As you follow Jesus and it, he creates those, those, those ripples in the water and those wakes, we get to experience those same things, right? So as we follow Jesus, because the world hates Jesus, they're gonna what? Hate us, yeah. So we're gonna suffer as we follow Jesus. But he says, just as, yes, we follow the suffering boat of Jesus and we get those wakes, but we also get the same wakes of comfort from Jesus. So the suffering overflows to us, but also the comfort of Jesus Overflows to us. We follow in that wake and we receive the comfort of Jesus. And his point, again, he's, 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 he's kind of supporting the point he made that so, because of that, because Jesus comforts us, we can, again, we can comfort those who need it. And then he again gives kind of more specific context to the Corinthians. He says, if we, talking about even him and Timothy, he says, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Let me pause for a moment. Did Paul ever suffer? Uh, yes. (laughs) That's why, like, if you if you ever watching, whatever, watching TV, listening to a podcast, and a preacher ever starts talking about like, God never has pain in front of you, He never has hardship in front of you, just turn it off because the dude has not read the Bible, or he's like, I don't, he's he's on drugs, I don't know, like. That's ridiculous. Just read, just read 2 Corinthians and Paul's gonna talk about being beaten and almost stoned to death, being shipwrecked, being robbed, uh, experiencing tough work, being in ruts of work where you feel like you're just stuck and not getting anywhere. Sleepless nights, he experienced hunger, cold, the stress of being a leader, and slander. So to tell Paul, Paul, Christ has nothing but good things for you. You're never gonna experience hardship. I think he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd slap you in love, the love of Jesus, okay? <laughs> Just because God's the God of all comfort doesn't mean it's an easy road. No, he comforts us because it's a hard road. Life is a highway and it's a broken highway, okay? I don't know why I'm quoting Rascal Flatts. <laughs> Sorry. Focus, focus. <laughs> I just told myself to focus, just come back to the Bible, okay. He's What he's saying is, I experience, we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. I exp- I was, he's saying, I was willing to be, beaten and stoned and shipwrecked and robbed and all those things so that you could experience salvation. So in, in those hardships, the gospel came to Corinth. <laughs> they got to see Jesus because Paul was willing to face those hardships. So they experienced salvation, but also comfort. Because what he's saying is, as God comforted me in those hardships and those difficulties, Timothy and I then in turn comforted you. As you experience hardship and persecution, we then handed that comfort to you because God had comforted it with us. So we knew what it was like and we could comfort you. That's why he says in verse, the rest of verse six, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. Isn't that true? He's saying, so as I've experienced something as a follower of Jesus, and then Jesus, God, the father of all comfort, comforts me and then you experience some of those same same sufferings, I can pass on that comfort to you, you y'all with me? And then, which in turn produces in me, is what the text says, produces in me this endurance, this patient endurance. Man, we've all had conversations like that. I pray you've had conversations like that, where maybe you've been the recipient or you've been the giver of being able to tell somebody, hey, I've, I've gone what you've gone through. And the Lord walked with me through that. And you share how God comforted you and you pass on that comfort to them. And it produces literally in them this endurance of like, man, you know what? Tyler made it, Lane made it, Caitlin made it. God walked with them. I'm gonna be okay. God's gonna comfort and walk with me even in this suffering. It produces in you endurance as you share that comfort. That's why in verse seven, Paul is able to say, And our hope for you is firm because we know that as you share in the suffering, so you will also share in the comfort. So he's saying, look, church, I know you're facing hardships and struggles as you follow Jesus, as you make disciples, as you share the gospel, just as you follow Jesus and all the living in a dark, sinful, broken world you're trying to be light. I know you're experiencing hardship, but I know you're going to make it. My hope for you is firm because... I know you're gonna share not just in the suffering, but you're gonna share in the comfort that comes from God. Our God always gives purpose to our pain. It's not just to comfort us, it's that we can in turn take that comfort and give it to others who are suffering, who are afflicted. Let me grab something real quick. Oh, it's over here, sorry. Trying to get my steps in this morning. Real simple. I have a comforter here. What it's saying is, so you experience hardship, you experience comfort, and there's something about having a a blanket, right? Even right now, I feel all snuggled up up here. God gives you comfort, but it's not just so you can go. Ah, I'm cozy. Feels so good. He comforts you so that then you can open up your eyes and be aware of those who are suffering around you and to go, Hey, let let me pass this on to you. And I'm just going to pretend this colon is a person. (laughs) You pass it on. And I know what you're thinking, but Brandon, if I pass on my comfort. What about me? Like if I go and encourage those who are suffering and God's giving given me comforts so and i pass on the comfort to them, now I'm left cold and alone and shivering and frustrated and afflicted again because I gave away the comfort. Or maybe you say, Brandon, like God's given me the comfort, but it's just not, it's not my personality to comfort people. Like comfort people. Two things. One, It's the comfort that we receive from God. So this is not about your personality. You with me? This is not like, well, you know, it's just not, some people are gifted that way. Not me. No, because God gives us the comfort and we are to pass on the comfort he gives us. Then it's never about me. It's about him working in and through me to comfort other people. And more than that, if you say, go back to that, man, if I give it away, what am I left with? Again, he's the God of all comfort. That's not just what he does, it's who he is. So if I'm walking with God, you know what? I've always got comfort. (laughs) Because he is comfort, you with me? There's never a moment where I'm like, I gave it away and now I'm left with nothing, God. No, he's like, hey, You gave it away. Awesome. You're still with me. You still have comfort. Our God always gives purpose to our pain. He is the God of all comfort in all our pain. I want to finish this morning by by recognizing that some of you may sit there and say, I think I would relate to this. I do relate to this. You may say, I I get it. He's the God of all comfort. That sounds like good news. I get that he has a purpose for my pain. He wants to comfort me and then use that comfort to comfort other people. So cool. But Brandon, I don't always feel comforted. Like I face hardship in life and I don't always feel like God is easing my pain or or, or relieving that suffering. I I don't like, I feel comfort. We could probably all take a cue from my my three-year-olds this morning. Sometimes, We'll be sitting down, watching TV or whatever. And I've, I've got one of them in my lap or, or both of them beside me. And at Carolina Tate, our daughter started this, but Haddon's kind of picked it up. It's kind of funny. Um, we'll be sitting there and they'll lean over right to my ear and go, Daddy, I need something. <laughs> and I'll go, what? What? Especially the first time, what, Daddy? I I, I need something, <laughs> and I'm always like, what, 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 <laughs> like, what, what is something? And they're like, I, and then the, when I ask that, Caroline Tate, especially our daughter, gets more um, broken. I guess, I, Daddy, I need something, <laughs> and so then I start guessing. Right? Is it milk? <laughs> it's, it's pretty, normally, their needs are pretty simple. Right? Do you need milk? Do you need a cookie? <laughs> Do you not like the TV show we're watching? Last night she wanted a family walk. Like, like, what is it that you need? You know when when Carolina take leans over and or had and they say, Daddy, Daddy, I need something. You know what's funny is often I really don't think they have something in mind. Like often they're not like, oh, because they they're like old enough now, that they can they can typically name what they need or want. Often they don't know what it is. They just know that they need some comfort. So maybe it's me to like, just put my arm around them and pull them in close. Which man, as a dad, we can't miss those moments, right? But they don't know what they want. They just, damn I, I, I need something. And you know what? Because most of the time, <laughs> I'm not a complete tool as a dad. When they lean over and ask that, it is my heart's delight and joy to help them with whatever they are not sure they need. <laughs> now, there's limits, right? I'm not just like, sure, you want a brand new car, let's go do it right now. But man, it's my desire when they say, Dad, I need something to, to meet that need to comfort them. Yeah, but but, Brandon, but God, God, God is not like that because he, I don't even think he... Are you sure he even hears me? Are you sure he even cares? God, is, he, is he even aware of my suffering? Psalm 56, 8 says that he, he counts your tossings in your sleep. He's metaphorically speaking here, but he says that he keeps your tears in a bottle and writes them down in a book. God sees your pain and your affliction and he cares more than anyone, more than you could ever imagine. <laughs> He sees your suffering and your pain and he longs to comfort you. But we often don't experience that comfort because we're just too busy or too, I don't know whatever excuse we can make, too busy, too self-absorbed to lean over to our father and just say, daddy, I, I don't know what I need, but I need something. Daddy, I'm, I'm, Dad, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm I'm stressed. I'm, my mind feels like it's racing and on fire. I feel like I'm, I'm lonely. I feel like I'm worried about the future. Dad, I don't know what I need, but I, I need something. And I promise you, your heavenly father will delight in meeting those needs. He delights in comforting you. Because not just what he does, it's who he is. I'm gonna ask our worship team to come up I think there's kind of three ways to respond this morning. The office of God, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants and have you respond in a billion different ways probably, but three things come to mind. One, I think several of us this morning, maybe it's appropriate that we, right where we're at, or maybe come down to the altar and kneel at our heavenly Father's feet and just say, Father, I need something. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. Maybe you can't even name it this morning. You're, you're confused, but you know that you're in distress and suffering and, and worry and just to come to your heavenly father and say, God, God, I need something. I, I need your comfort. Lord. I need to walk with you, the God of all comfort and let him wrap his arms around you. There'll be some folks in a moment that'll be down here to pray with you. And maybe, uh, I bet some of them will even, if you come down to pray, they may even love to just reach their arm around you and pray with you right there. It'd be kind of a reflection of God's presence here this morning some of you just need to ask god i need something tell him something sorry tell him you need something others of you i think maybe the call this morning maybe you don't necessarily in this moment feel the the pain and the affliction because man god's been comforting you and so the challenge to you this morning is to consider who do you need to comfort are there people around you in your life that you need to pass on that comfort or maybe you just need to ask God to open your eyes. Lord, help me see those in need who you want me to comfort, who you want me to encourage, who you want me to pass on what you've given to me. Ask God to open your eyes to that. And then I think a third, so that would be the second one. I think the third way of response would be to recognize that it says the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, the God of all comfort. So to know, you can't know comfort if you don't know Jesus because the way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Some of you this morning, you, you are hopeless of knowing any lasting comfort because you don't know Jesus. So the call to you from Jesus this morning is to come to his nail scarred hands and say, Jesus, I need something. <laughs> it is salvation. I'm broken and wrecked on my own apart from you. I can't earn it. I can't, I recognize I can't save myself. Jesus, I'm turning to you for salvation. Would you save me? And again, it is his heart's delight and joy to save you. And if you call upon his name for salvation, you trust in him by grace through faith, you will be saved. Not maybe, not if you get the words right. No, when you turn to him, you will be saved. There'll be, again, there'll be people down front in a moment that would love to receive you. If you want to talk about what it means to trust Jesus, or maybe in this moment, you are believing in Jesus and you want to celebrate with someone, they'll be here to pray with you to answer any questions you may have. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to stand and we're going to sing and we're going to respond however God leads us. God, thank you so much for, the comfort you give. Thank you that you meet us right where we're at. That you see all our pain, our affliction, all our struggles and strife, and you do care. You don't turn and ignore it or say, get over it. You care. Lord, would you save some people this morning? God, would you comfort and would you open our eyes to those who need the comfort that we have received from you? Would help us to respond boldly and to sing and hear from you as we celebrate our comforter, our all in all. Would y'all stand and respond with us? If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church.